You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. At 106, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, this portion of the program on this Wednesday, and it's brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Remember, whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, great meal is waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So I did get an uh, email from Ashley. It said, Juan, I, I missed the Trump speech last night. Would you play some of it? So, you know what? Why not? Folks, right now it's 106. Uh, he was at Mar-a-Lago. Talked about the criminal charges. Let's hear. This is President Trump from last night. Yeah, why not? God bless you all. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. From the beginning, the Democrats spied on my campaign. Remember that? They attacked me with an onslaught of fraudulent investigations. Russia, Russia, Russia. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax number one. Impeachment hoax number two, the illegal and unconstitutional raid on Mar-a-Lago, right here. The lying to the FISA courts, the FBI and DOJ relentlessly pursuing Republicans, the unconstitutional changes to election laws by not getting approvals from state legislators, the millions of votes illegally stuffed into ballot boxes and all caught on government cameras. And just recently, the FBI and DOJ in collusion with Twitter and Facebook in order not to say anything bad about the Hunter Biden laptop from hell, which exposes the Biden family as criminals and which, according to the pollsters, would have made a 17-point difference in the election result. We needed a lot less than that, like about 16.9. It would have been in our favor, not my favor, our favor, because our country is going to hell. And we remember the 51 intelligence agents who said Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. It didn't exist. It was Russian disinformation. Remember that? And that was all confirmed strongly by the FBI when they all knew that it wasn't Russian disinformation. And so much more. Our elections were like those of a third world country. And now this massive election interference at a scale never seen before in our country, beginning with the radical left, George Soros-backed prosecutor Alvin Bragg of New York, who campaigned the fact that he would get President Trump. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. This is a guy campaigning. He want to get President Trump at any cost and this before he knew anything about me, didn't know a thing about me. He was campaigning. 
As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even hardcore Democrats, say there is no crime and that it should never have been brought. Never have been brought. Even people that aren't big fans have said it. They said this is not the right thing to do. It's an insult to our country as the world is already laughing at us for so many other reasons, like our open borders, our incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan, where we left behind American citizens, $85 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world, lost 13 magnificent young lives and far too many to mention that are so badly hurt with the loss of arms and legs and facial obliteration the most embarrassing time in our country's history in my opinion then our give up on energy independence and even energy dominance we're going to be dominant within six months more than any other nation times two we had this all just three years ago our raging Crime statistics, if you look in Democrat-run cities, numbers the likes of which we have never seen before, the open threats by various countries of the use of nuclear weapons, something never mentioned or discussed by outside nations during the Trump administration, and which could very well lead under the Biden administration's leadership to an all-out nuclear world war three can happen. We're not very far away from it, believe it or not. An economy that has been crippled by the biggest inflation we have seen in more than 60 years. And a military that I used to defeat ISIS in four weeks. I said it would take four years. Four weeks to kill al-Baghdadi and Soleimani that has now gone woke at the top levels by trying to indoctrinate everyone down to the lowest ranking patriot. But now they have really stepped up their efforts by indicting the 45th president of the United States who received... ...75 million votes, which is more than any sitting president in the history of our country. And in the wings, they've got a local racist Democrat district attorney in Atlanta who is doing everything in her power to indict me over an absolutely perfect phone call, even more perfect than the one I made with the president of Ukraine. Remember, I kept saying that's a perfect call. This one was more perfect. Nobody said, sir, you shouldn't say that. Many people on the phone or hung up in disgust because of something I inappropriately said, because nothing was said wrong. In fact, at the end of the call, we agreed to continue our conversation about election fraud and election fraud, specifically in Georgia, at a later time. Many people on the phone, including lots of lawyers, nobody found anything wrong with that perfect call until a book promotion tour. Many months later, all of a sudden they say, you know, I remember Trump making a call. Let's look at that. This fake case was brought only to interfere with the upcoming 2024 election. And it should be dropped immediately. immediately. 
radical left lunatic known as a bomb thrower who is harassing hundreds of my people day after day over the boxes hoax. You know, the boxes hoax, as we call it. Just so everyone knows, I come under what's known as the Presidential Records Act, which was designed and approved by Congress long ago just for this reason. Under the act, I'm supposed to negotiate with NARA, the National Archives and Records Administration, which as of this date is a radical left troublemaking organization that red flags the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights as dangerous and triggering. Can you imagine? This is what we have to deal with. But there is no criminality under the Presidential Records Act. That is not what it's all about. We were negotiating in very good faith, proper way, in order to return some or all of the documents that I openly and in very plain sight brought with me to Mar-a-Lago from our beautiful White House, just as virtually every other president has done in the past. When FBI and DOJ officials with NARA were here, I told my lawyer to show them the very secure storage room in which they were locked. The FBI's sole request in writing was, could you please put another lock on the door? We immediately complied. It's a lot different than the Biden situation, isn't it? The next thing I know, we were raided by many gun-toting FBI agents who took whatever they wanted, including my passports and medical records. Everybody was in shock. Nobody had ever heard of such a raid before. Can't even believe it. Who would think that that could happen today? I immediately thought of the Fourth Amendment that protects against unreasonable search and seizure. But they did it anyway because our justice system has become lawless. They're using it now, in addition to everything else, to win elections. Apparently, they're not looking at me through the view of the non-criminal presidential records today. They came up with a new one. This is a new one. And they're looking at me through the Espionage Act. Think of that. How does that sound? Of 1917, where the penalty is death. Even though that has absolutely nothing to do with openly taking boxes of documents and mostly clothing and other things to my home, which President Obama has done, the Bushes have done, Jimmy Carter's done, Ronald Reagan has done. Everybody's done. In fact, Hillary Clinton got rid of 33,000 emails. That was okay. But nobody's done it like Joe Biden. This lunatic special prosecutor named Jack Smith, I wonder what it was prior to a change. Who others of his ilk say he's even worse than they are, is only looking at Trump, yet Joe Biden took massive amounts more documents, even removed many boxes to Chinatown. You believe that? got $10 million from China. Where did that come from? I guess they were banking on Hunter's expertise and had others stored in unsecured offices in Pennsylvania and strewn all over his garage floor where his now very famous Corvette 
is also stored all over the floor, including classified documents. But that's okay. Perhaps most importantly, he has 1,850 boxes in Delaware, which he is refusing to give up. But isn't that real obstruction? That's obstruction. As president, I have the right to declassify documents. And the process is automatic. If I take them with me, it's automatic. Declassified. Biden was vice president. He had absolutely no right to declassify as vice president. He doesn't come under the non-criminal presidential records act. He comes under the very criminal federal records act, unfortunately for him, but it's not gonna matter because they don't follow the law, which has very severe penalties. He had classified documents that he took while he was a senator, which is absolutely inexcusable. And other senators, including Democrats, are outraged. But he's not being harassed and hounded like the people who work for me are. In fact, they seem to have forgotten about his documents entirely. So many thousands and thousands, it's okay with him. They like to say that I'm obstructing, which I'm not, because I was working with NARA very nicely until the raid on my home. But Biden is obstructing by making it impossible to get the 1,850 boxes or explain why many documents were located in Chinatown. Can't explain it. Why were they in Chinatown? I don't know. Lastly, I'm under investigation. This time a civil investigation by another racist in reverse who also campaigned on, I will get Trump. I will get him. This was her campaign. Never ran for office. I will get him. Her name is Letitia James. And she proclaimed while campaigning, quote, I look forward to going into the office of the Attorney General every single day, suing him, and then going home. Before she knew me. She announced, what is fueling my soul right now is Trump. And then she had her eyes on Trump Tower. Those eyes are focused on Trump Tower. Didn't know the young lady. She even assured her supporters in an election promise that we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally. And then she claimed that I was an illegitimate president. Thank you. Thank you. With all, with all we did, with all we did on energy, with all we did on the military, on taxes, biggest tax cuts in history, biggest regulation cuts in history, right to try people able to get drugs now that aren't approved. Letitia James vowed to use every area of the law to, quote, investigate President Trump and his business transactions. Those transactions are going to be investigated, she said. And that of her family and his family. Because we're going after his family and we're going after them hard. This is all before entering office and all before knowing anything at all about me. But she's going to get me. This is why, along with unrelenting crime, 
So many people and companies are leaving New York. She said that I falsified my financial statements, but in fact, we're proving and will prove that my financial statements were substantially more than we submitted, not less. And in all cases, have a strong disclaimer clause in them, which tells the institutions that may look at that if they want to, not to rely on the same. But they've got a problem with their case because, number one, I'm very underleveraged. They can't believe it. All the stuff they read and gave. And have very little debt relative to the value of assets. And importantly, not one bank has lost even one dollar. She was investigating me to save banks. They have very good lawyers. But they didn't lose a dollar with us during this period of time. In fact, the banks we're talking about made almost $200 million off Donald Trump. And they liked me very much. We never missed a payment, never got a default notice. Had a great relationship with all of them. I don't need banks. We have a lot of cash. Built a great business with my family. Built a fantastic business. son here has done a great job and I have another son here who's done a great job. And Ivanka and Barron will be great someday. It's Paul. He's, he's smart. But I have a great family and they've done a fantastic job and we appreciate it very much. She's suing me over banks that weren't defrauded when she should be focused on violent crime that's driving people out of the state. This is a persecution, not an investigation. She's put our family through hell. It's cost hundreds of millions of dollars to defend. But our heads are held very, very high. They want to settle the case, but I want no part of that. Where we were today, in a city that was so great just four or five years ago. But now we're there, and time there today as you possibly read, with a local failed district attorney charging a former president of the United States for the first time in history on a basis that every single pundit and legal analyst said, there is no case, there's no case. I kept saying, there's no case. Virtually everyone. But it's far worse than that, because he knew there was no case. That's why last week he delayed for a month and then immediately took that back and threw this ridiculous indictment together. Came out today, everybody said, this is not really an indictment, there's nothing here. My lawyers came to me and they said, there's nothing here. They're not even saying what you did. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury. For which he should be prosecuted. Or at a minimum, he should resign. 
And Alvin Bragg's wife confirmed a report that claimed her husband has Trump nailed on felonies. She has since locked down her Twitter account. His chief prosecutor, who represented the Democrats and crooked Hillary Clinton and a firm run by Chuck Schumer's brother, Robert, he quit the firm in order to go to work in the DA office in order to get Trump. Can you imagine that? Hillary Clinton's lawyer, Democrat lawyer, Democrat firm. Ultimately, he quit as chief prosecutor because Bragg didn't think he had a case. Think of the same guy that brought this ridiculous thing today. Yet during his investigation, this prosecutor named Mark Pomerantz wrote and published a book saying all sorts of privileged things and has been very strongly, really uh, reprimanded. He was reprimanded so strongly. I've never seen anything like it. That's probably the end of it. But what he did was probably very illegal. But he was very, very strongly reprimanded. Even District Attorney Bragg was furious with him. They were having a tremendous fight in the office because of him. But hope is never lost because various prosecutors in the DA's office also quit because they thought President Trump was being treated very unfairly. How about that? Isn't that great? Oh, I love them. I'd like to meet them. I'd like to meet them. The DA's office even had a web page. Meet the team of executives who have done this to President Trump. That was the title. Isn't that nice? They immediately had to take it down. Meanwhile, overall, crime in New York was up 30% last year. Much more than that the year before, with felony assaults, robberies, and burglaries all up by massive, massive numbers. Not the same place that I know. Not the same place that you know. And this is where we are right now. I have a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family whose daughter worked for Kamala Harris and now receives money from the Biden-Harris campaign and a lot of that. We recently had another trial and the same judge told a fine man who worked for me for many, many years that if you admit your guilt, you will be in jail for 90 days. But if you don't, if we go through a trial and you're found guilty, you're going away for 10 years and maybe longer, which for a 75-year-old man with a great family really means life. What the prosecutors and judge did to that man, I will never forget. This is right out of the old Soviet Union. That's where we are. They said, you say anything about Trump, meaning that's bad, and you won't even have to serve the 90 days. You'll walk free. And they say that to many of my employees. We have this Jack Smith lunatic threatening people every single day through his representatives. They're threatening jail terms. But talk about Trump and you'll go free. This is where we are as a nation. Who would have thought they can't beat us at the ballot box, so they try and beat us through the law. That's the country in which we live, however, right now. The USA is a mess. Our economy is crashing, inflation is out of control. Russia has joined with China. Can you believe that? Saudi Arabia has joined with Iran. China, Russia, 
Iran and North Korea have formed together as a menacing and destructive coalition would have never happened. If I were your president, would never have happened. Nor would Russia attacking Ukraine have happened. All of those lives would be saved. All of those beautiful cities would be standing. Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There will be no defeat like that. Folks, this is President Trump last night. Where's the positive? You took the five worst presidents in the history of the United Where's States. Where's the good news? And added them up. Where's the? They would not have done near the destruction to our country as Joe Biden and the Biden administration. Where's the good news? How are things going to change? What is happening? Incredibly, we are now a failing nation. We are a nation in decline. And now these radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. We can't let that happen. It's almost over. With all of this being said, and with a very dark cloud over our beloved country, I have no doubt, nevertheless, that we will make America great again. Well, hopefully exciting again. God bless you yeah. and God bless America. All right, folks, again, I, um, maybe people hear different things. I <clears throat> um, think it just... I've already made clear, and I know some people are upset that, like, you're not supposed to question it. You're not supposed to question it. You know what they did to him, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, where's the optimism? I, I, I agree with former New Jersey governor Chris Christie that talks about elections are about the future, not about the past. I don't know. Are things that bleak? Not exactly the the shining city on the hill. I, I and I fully get it. It must have been hell being dragged in and the whole thing. But I just don't think that's. Um, it, it, so is this what it's going to be like? Is that the campaign speech for the next for the rest of the year? Are people actually going to go to a rally and listen to that? As someone that's attended Trump rallies, I am not going to listen to, to that. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, and it's brought by AtMed Urgent Care, two locations. Atwood Avenue in Johnston and the Atwood Medical Center, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. Now again, occupational medical services available at both locations. They're open seven days a week, doctors and nurses, AtMed, A-T-M-E-D. This is where you go. Instead of waiting hours in an emergency room, AtMed Urgent Care, they specialize in ambulatory medicine, cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. The next time you drive by it, the next time you need urgent care, bring yourself or a loved one or a coworker. AtMed Urgent Care. 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnson, 5750 Post Roadies Greenwich, right across from... Felicia's. Now, Channel 12, to their credit, 
They've unearthed a good story. Folks, right now it's 134. We're going to shift back local here. This is a good story that Channel 12 has. Hidden email alleges bad behavior by a top Rhode Island official. So Channel 12, uh, they're breaking the story. I believe we have sound on it. And this also explains Governor McKee's kind of going underground. You have someone leaving on March 10th. Two officials, David Patton, not of the Patriots, director of the Rhode Island Division of Capital Asset Management and Maintenance, and Jim Thorson, director of the Rhode Island Department of Administration, went and um, visited a place in Philadelphia. And something happened. He made a series of inappropriate comments that shocked the people over the day-long visit. So he is suddenly on paid leave three days after the trip. He's out of work for medical reasons. This guy makes 175, and Governor McKee is hiding exactly what happened here. Channel 12, let's pick up. This is Ted Nisi with the breaking news here, and this is uh, pretty substantial. Asset management and maintenance. Now, the email is not being released despite our request to the governor's office and the House Speaker's office, but multiple people familiar tell Target 12 it contains allegations that when these two were in Philadelphia to visit a facility that was redeveloped by a company seeking to redevelop the Cranston Street Armory in Providence, a series of inappropriate offensive comments were made, allegedly, by David Patton, the head of the Division of Capital Asset Manage and Maintenance. Now, at this point, a few days after the trip, we've learned, Patton went on leave. His family tells us it is a medical leave, and state officials will not say anything further about his status. Meanwhile, the head of the Department of Administration, Jim Thorson, we've learned his calendar shows he met with HR immediately upon returning from Philadelphia. He's already scheduled to step down at the end of this month. All this, of course, comes as there's continued efforts to figure out what to do with the Cranston Street Armory. In recent months, it's been used as a warming center for people experiencing homelessness. But neighbors have been advocating for years to redevelop the property, and this company currently has a contract to figure out what to do there. But there's no money in the proposed state budget that Governor McKee has put forward for that project. Target 12 will continue trying to get more information about what exactly transpired on this trip, as well as the future of the armory. Stick with us for more details with the Target 12 investigators. I'm Ted Nisi, 12 News. All right, now I want to just recap. There's a little bit in there, but Rhode Island officials... Refuse to discuss allegations of inappropriate behavior by at least one high-level state official. They're on a business trip to Philadelphia last month, March 10th. So let's go to the calendar here. Uh, Today, obviously, is Wednesday, April 5th. So March 10th is a Friday, the week before St. Patrick's Day. And you have two state officials who are in Philadelphia, and they're meeting, supposedly to discuss redeveloping the Cranston Street Armory. So the two people that are David Patton, director, P-A-T-T-E-N, director of the Rhode Island Division of Capital Asset Management and Maintenance, and Jim Thorson, director of the Rhode Island Department of Administration, two high-level people, they visit. Six people familiar. Say, after they returned, this facility developed by uh, Scout Limited, Scout staff members wrote an email alleging Pat made a series of inappropriate comments that shocked the people he met over the course of the day-long visit. Now, 
Let's look at the timeline here. Patton has been on paid leave since three days after the trip. So they went on a Friday, three days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. His family says, oh, he's out for medical reasons. His annual salary is 175. Thorson, who remains on the job, he's going to step down at the end of this month. So he's rejoining the U.S. Treasury Department. Now, they say he already tendered his resignation prior to the Philadelphia trip. I'm not sure if I believe that. Here's where it gets to The offices of Governor McKee and Joe Sakachi both received copies of the email from Scout Limited. But they're not releasing it despite requests from Channel 12. Regarding your email request, blah, blah, blah. Senate President Dominic Ruggiero did not receive the email about the trip. Had not responded to messages. Scouts lobbyists in Rhode Island declined to comment. <laughs> the scout lobbyist in Rhode Island is Jeff Britt. He was the one involved with the Mattiello trial. Multiple people in Philadelphia who were visited by the two men either declined to comment or won't respond to phone calls. Asked for the general policy and reporting inappropriate conduct. Um, they're supposed to contact human resources. Hart confirmed Thorson's calendar shows he met with HR immediately after returning from Philadelphia late on Friday. They get back from Philadelphia on Friday, this guy immediately goes to HR. After Thorson returned to Rhode Island, he asked Scout to provide an invoice so he could reimburse the company for a $250 meal he and Patton shared while they were there. The problematic Philadelphia's trip is the latest in the struggle with the Cranston Street Armory. So now the Brit angle is interesting that he's the lobbyist for this. And now you have something was said. The state has paid Scout 467000 since last July. Hmm. What was it that was said where they had to, um, something happened on this trip, obviously, where they immediately, Thorson gets back, and the first thing he does is go to HR. And now... That guy, this whole medical leave thing is is ludicrous. So now, while they were up at the state house and all these people testifying about they want to um, revise, as they call it, labor, which is you know with the police. Oh, wh- what about the fact this guy has been out on medical leave? I'm going to play this Ted Nisi story again. Channel Twelve is breaking this, so it's it's odd that this Thorson is immediately leaving. This is another controversy. And why won't Governor McKee disclose this information? So let me play again. Ted Nisi, Channel 12. This is breaking news today, folks.
12 News Now on WPRI.com. I'm Ted Nisi. Well, Target 12 has learned that an email is circulating among top state officials alleging inappropriate behavior during a recent work trip taken by the head of the Department of Administration and the head of the Division of Capital Asset Management and Maintenance. Now, the email is not being released despite our request to the governor's office and the House Speaker's office, but multiple people familiar tell Target 12 it contains allegations that when these two were in Philadelphia to visit a facility that was redeveloped by a company seeking to redevelop the Cranston Street Armory in Providence, a series of inappropriate offensive comments were made, allegedly, by David Patton, the head of the Division of Capital Asset Manage and Maintenance. Now, at this point, a few days after the trip, we've learned, Patton went on leave. His family tells us it is a medical leave, and state officials will yeah, not right. say anything further about his status. Meanwhile, the head of the Department of Administration, Jim Thorson, we've learned his calendar shows he met with HR immediately upon returning from Philadelphia. He's already scheduled to step down at the end of this month. All this, of course, comes as there's continued efforts to figure out what to do with the Cranston Street Armory. In recent months, it's been used as a warming center for people experiencing homelessness, but neighbors have been advocating for years to redevelop the property, and this company currently has a contract to figure out what to do there, but there's no money in the proposed state budget that Governor McKee has put forward for that project. Target 12 will continue trying to get more information about what exactly transpired on this trip, as well as the future of the armory. Stick with us for more details. With the Target 12 investigators, I'm Ted Nisi, 12 News. Now, folks, this is um, terrific, and I want to fill in the blanks a little bit. Now, right now, it's 143. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. So I want to um, credit Channel 12. That is great reporting. What is Governor McKee hiding? Why is he hiding this information? I want to go um, to state the fairly obvious. Rhode Island citizens deserve to know what kind of conduct by a handsomely paid state employee prompted the out-of-state site he visited to write a concern email to the governor and the House Speaker, Philip uh, Eel. He's exactly right. What was done? Why does an APRA review of the email take weeks? Why does it take lawyers? It's an email. More stalling. What I also like about this, folks, is the fact, as you know, or as I've talked about, Governor McKee um, despises Channel 12. (laughs) They have broken another story. Another story on this. Um, I want to just see if there's anything else here that I'm missing. So, So now they start to hide. Meaning the McKee people are hiding. So something happened. This guy, he makes 175. Six people familiar. Staff members wrote an email. He made a series of inappropriate comments that shocked the people he met over the course of the day-long visit. With Britt as the lobbyist. So much that upon the return, they write an email to the speaker and, and the governor. Who are now hiding the email. Rhode Island leaders are refusing to release an email. Alleging a high ranking state official acted inappropriately on a business trip to Philadelphia. 
was Brit on the trip? I mean, this is a disaster for the McKee people. He's the lobbyist. I would imagine he was there. So why won't Governor McKee release this email? And I want to frame this again. A document detailing allegations, inappropriate behavior by a high-level state official where they went on behalf of the state to visit Philadelphia last month. March 10th, the Friday, the, the Friday before Thanksgiving, um, St. Patrick's Day. Two officials, David Patton, director of the Rhode Island Division of Capital Asset Management and Maintenance, and Jim Thorson, director of the Rhode Island Department of Administration, visited a facility developed by Scout Limited, which is the leading effort to redevelop the Cranston Street Armory. Six people familiar with the situation told Target 12 after they got back, Scout Limited wrote an email. He made a series of inappropriate comments to shock the people he met over the course of the day-long visit. So Patton has been on paid leave starting the Monday that he returned, supposedly for medical reasons. He makes 175, so he's almost been out for a month. Thorson, who remains in his job, he's stepping down at the end of the month. The offices of Governor McKee and Joe Sakachi both received copies of the email from this scout in Philadelphia. That's the name of it. But they're refusing to release the documents. They'd only consider releasing it after a formal review by lawyers under APRA, which could take weeks. No, they're stalling. Absolutely stalling. Didn't respond to questions whether Patton or Thorson have been disciplined over the trip or how McKee reacted to the alleged behavior. Ruggiero did not receive the email about a trip. Scouts Director Hospitality has not responded to message. Scouts lobbyist Jeff Britt, who was on trial with the Mattiello situation, with the, the Shauna Lawton Mailer, declined to comment. Multiple people in Philadelphia who have visited either declined to comment or did not respond to phone calls. Asked about the state's general policy reporting inappropriate conduct, Department of Administration spokesperson Laura Hart said the best practice for employees who witness unprofessional concerning behavior contact the state's Division of Human Resources. Thorson's calendar shows he met <laughs> human resources immediately after returning from Philadelphia late on the Friday. They get back. First thing he does is run down to HR. That Monday, this guy Patton goes out on medical leave, which he's been out since, still getting paid, paid 175 What a disaster. Now, again... So Governor McKee, it's Wednesday. Let's see what his schedule is going to be like over the next 24 to 48 hours. Folks, this is classic McKee. I love that it's Channel 12. And he is, you're talking about a governor who's really been, not exactly, the only events, the only time you see Governor McKee is if he's somewhere and it's like a PR related situation that then, 
as he's walking to his vehicle. And then the media is kind of asking him questions. That's the only time that Governor McKee will talk about this. Um, We'll talk about any of it, as a matter of fact. So, wow, great reporting by Channel 12. That's being plugged in. A high-level state official made a series of inappropriate comments, but the governor's office won't release an email detailing the allegations. Hmm. And Britt is the lobbyist. (laughs) Of course he is. Wow. Why does an APRA review of an email take weeks? And why does it take lawyers? It's an email. What a joke. Folks, here's where McKee goes into the bunker now. So right now at 1.50 on this Wednesday, um, I do want to commend, I think, so the Providence Mayor, Mayor Brett Smiley, he held a press conference earlier. Providence Police are now going to have a separate or group. They're going to be dedicated to try to take out these ATVs and they're going to be proactive about it. So that's positive, right? That's that's positive policing. Governor McKee, as I've said, what I really love about this is um, is the fact that it's it's Channel Twelve. What I'm also looking at is homeownership help builds generational wealth. So, Governor McKee posts a photo where we presented the Cruz family with keys to their new home, down payment assistance grant. I'm going to, again, say this is not the role of the state. It's not the role of the government. That is not the role of the government. That should be uh, banks, credit unions, by the state of Rhode Island doing this. They're getting in the way of the private sector. And as many of you know, that's the last place government should be. Do you see? I hope people understand That repeatedly, where the state falls short, is they repeatedly get involved with the private sector when they should not. The the soccer stadium should not be taxpayer money. You set up the rate, here's what it costs, and then let the developer decide whether or not they want to do it. And the same goes for that Superman building. But the problem is... The fact that Governor McKee, and he's not the first one, but they don't hesitate. They, they won't get rid of all of the cost of doing business, which is the no-bid contracts. And they want to appease organized labor. And, and then as a result of that, um, you know, you have to hire a lobbyist. You have to hire a certain lawyer. And, folks, it is just a repeating cycle. But what you need to know about this, now, first of all, this guy, David Patton, I don't think I know him. I don't. Maybe I've met him. I don't know. He's making 175. Something happened. Something happened. This business, he's out on paid medical leave, is, is ludicrous. 
uh, how if if he's out on paid medical leave, then what? Why did he go on the trip? Well, why did he go on the trip where he was representing Rhode Island? Um, I think these are all fair questions, and more importantly, what happened that Governor McKee won't release the email? That, you know, exactly what happened here. And there is, without question, folks, there is a pattern here where Governor McKee does not, look at this. Now he's causing a whole storm over this, that they're hiding the email. And and again, of course, it's Channel 12, which I just find humorous because the governor again now is going to start to blame them. And he's going to be upset. And this this whole business, well, we have to let the lawyers look at it. And how long does that take? Excellent reporting by Channel 12. Now, good afternoon. Right now, it's 155. You already have a governor who is kind of going in the bunker underground. And he's not doing any... Um, real, you know, he's not doing any long form interviews. He's not doing any any forum where he would be asked a series of questions. Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, rightly or wrongly, but he's avoiding them. You heard when I spoke to Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe earlier. Um, one of the things he mentioned is the fact that he, he hasn't talked to the governor since, I think he said, around Election Day, um, before Election Day. I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I, he, the governor is just, you don't see him anywhere other than he goes out and he does these, you know, if he's cutting a ribbon or giving away a grant or anything like that. And then suddenly... Um, as he's walking to his vehicle, he'll give a, a couple of quotes. But what what a difference with Governor McKee. Now, I'm also just seeing this. And I want to go through it. Trump calls to defund the police after his own arrest. I hope that this is not accurate. Former President Donald Trump demanded allies in Congress defund. Now, that's, that's a misleading headline. Defund the FBI and the Justice Department. A day after being charged with 34 felony counts. Took to social media. Almost every legal political analyst said it's unfair. Uh, no merit, not even a case. This was no crime. All right. While the debate was strength, he was warned yesterday he could put it under gag order. Republicans in Congress should defund the Department of Justice and the FBI. <sighs> wow. He did put it. I'm looking at his truth social. I mean that is that that's the side of the fence he wants to be on. That's the side of the fence he wants to be on. Defund the FBI. I never thought we'd see the day that President Trump is is in in lockstep with Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Folks, what I, I and again, it's one fifty seven. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. 
Um, this portion of the program brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. As they like to say, lunch, dinner, drinks, and the lounge. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. I also later will have video. So state police took a body out of a house last night in North Providence. I'm going to try to get to the bottom of it and find out exactly what's involved. State police don't share a lot of information. Some of you know that. Some of you don't know that. But it's... Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. Now, in the past, we're getting into new territory here that they're actually removing a body and then they don't even say anything about it. But they did the same thing with the Carbuncle Pond situation in Coventry where they took a body out. So President Trump defund the FBI. What are we talking about? Where is this going? Uh, the FBI are part of law enforcement. The FBI work on some pretty big cases. Defund the FBI. Now, here's what I think. Here's a problem. Is he'll then find a way to walk that back. This business, I believe, of President Trump having access to his truth social, which there's too much then they walk things back. Who, who, like, what is he talking about? You're going to defund the FBI? Uh, Granted, the headline is misleading. Defund the police. But defund the FBI. I see it with my own eyes that he's saying that. The number one investigative organization in the world And President Trump is saying defund the FBI. I I don't understand that. Folks, it's Sean DePietro. Listen, much more video later. Visit the website, DePietro.com. We'll have the latest on this body in North Providence. Enjoy this. WNRI, Winsocket.